Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today, we have Ken Clarich of Ashen Ale down in uh, Palm Coast, Florida, and special guest sitting there live with him, my dad, Jim. How you guys doing? Holy shit, who would have thunk it? I know, right? <laughs> this, is, this is fun. This yeah. is going to be an interesting show, guys. Just hold on to your pants. So what have you guys been up to? Well, good question, Jim. What have we been up to? We went to the Daytona Rolex 24-hour race this weekend. We did. All right. So you guys just hung out 24 hours at the track. Not quite so <laughs> likely, but we were there. Your dad was there way more than I was. Unfortunately, we had a funeral that I was supposed to attend last night, one of our friends, and I had to leave early. So your dad drove me home, and then he went back and participated more that evening. Well, that's dark. So, I'm sorry to hear that. There, yeah, thank you. It had to see a, a funeral instead of a race. Really? Yeah, I, I, decisions are decisions. I unfortunately I'm married, so my decisions get made for me. I mean, unless it's, an, unless it's an immediate family member or your brother, that's no reason to miss a race. I mean, I He's mean, got no, a good point. No what disrespect to the past, but they're not going to know you're not there. They don't know. Oh, look there. at you getting even more morbid. That was pretty good. No, that's I'm my boy. <laughs> that's that's Genetics on the air. That's one of a bitch can. Where is he? If I were alive, I'd say something. <laughs> well, today, I'm not going to be smoking the same thing you guys are because for the life of me, I can't find it in all my humidors and everything. I know I have one. I know I brought it back from Ash and Ale. Yeah, I know, and- what, ha- I know what happened. You you started to clean your place up, and now you can't find a damn thing, right? Uh-huh. It, that happened, that. Yeah. yeah. A couple different times exactly since I was down there. But anyway, so today I'm going to be smoking the Placencia Cosecha 146 in the torpedo size. Features a uh, Honduran wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Honduran Nicaraguan filler. And it comes to you from Placencia. And you were telling me this is the one that's now out of production, not not available anymore. From my understanding, this one has been discontinued, and they brought out the 151 now to replace it. Okay. And then so you guys. Be, I'm sorry. And then we're going to be smoking this beautiful tubo of Partigas Maximum. Okay. This is the one that I believe you would try to explain on the air about why I carry this. Yes. And would, so, you, I mean, would you like to remind the people? No, I'll let you know. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it's your no, story. Go back and listen to every damn episode. So, Nineteen episodes ago, you have to go back and listen. Nineteen. <laughs> Ken did his homework. But anyways, no, this this cigar represents. It's one of the only nostalgic cigars that I carry for simply for the one reason: the gentleman sitting to my right. Um, this is the cigar we smoked when we were working together in two thousand and one or two thousand. Excuse me, at Chateau Alain in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is the only cigar I can come up with, which was just given to me by a very, very famous person business-wise. But to me, it became very special because he gave me a box of them personally. So it was to me, it just meant a lot that I was able to share it with your dad. Fantastic. This is the one we sat outside while all the attendees of the golf event 
we're inside eating wonderful meals on China and drinking great wine. He and I sat outside in a courtyard and downed an entire bottle of port. We split a bottle of port and had a couple, and of, a couple cigars, of cigars. And that was our dinner. Well, so, fantastic. So this is dinner. Well, I wish I would have. Again today. Again today. <laughs> That's right. Well, God, I hope you have something on your stomach if you're going to be going into that. But You know, I had one of the best hamburgers I've had in years. Down there? I mean, at, at, the, at, the, at the track, yeah. He screwed up and I got a, some gross little cheesesteak. That was horrible. And I went <laughs> to this place. And burger, burger fries and a bottle of water was like, I don't know, 36 bucks. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But the, bur- the burger was hot. And when was the last time you went to a, uh, a food truck or a stand like that and ate that, took a bite, and it actually was hot? True. Typically, it's it just delicious. like so, under warming lights and just kind of warm. Right? Know? Yeah. Right? No, they grilled they, You place the order. They grilled them live. Here's your burger. Go. And uh, yeah, so that's what I've had all day today. Okay. And now this. So right. I had a really shitty Philly cheesesteak that they set the meat in water and took all the flavor out and then put liquid cheese on top. Ew. Yeah, that was horrible. You should have gotten a burger. I should have got we and I was that was what we were going for and yeah. I talked myself out of it. Yeah. Because I was looking at that Philly cheesesteak truck all day. He was oh. talking about it all morning. So it I was is. like yeah. You're not in Philly. I, so I screwed up. You're not in Philly. You shouldn't get a Philly cheesesteak. Right? So that's right? true. That's why I went and got a tequila shot and did a, a, a power drink as well. So Oh, well, okay. Dad, yeah, so I, I had to go fix it because it was so bad that I had to do a shot. All right. Well, I'm going to cut my cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company yeah. in Crestwood, Missouri. And uh, I was uh, hanging out over there at Riverman just uh, last evening with uh, Mike Brinker and Miss Cindy, and we were just kind of hanging out, having a nice evening in the lounge. It was a little slow, but guys, you know, uh, he's got all kinds of great cigars over there for you to pick up. He's got the full line of Aladino, all kinds of other, you know, fantastic cigars, lots of rare Fuentes. Um, he's just gotten in a whole bunch of, uh, La Flor Dominicana. And if you're in the St. Louis area, you're not finding La Flor Dominicana that many places. So, you know, that's, that's a, a nice little treat. In fact, he just got in these, uh, Connecticut, um, uh, La Flores that, uh, are very reasonably priced and, uh, people are just going crazy for these Connecticut. Does he have the 10th anniversary? Uh, I don't know. But see, that's the beauty. You can call Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company, and you can ask. And if you do, if they do, and you want it, you can have a shipment of cigars sent to you right away because he does mail order. So, guys, if you're in the area, swing on by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And it's now time to cut the cigar. <laughs> see, I like how you did that. That was good. It was a nice little line and sinker. Little line and sinker, brother. Little T in. Little T in. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> if you call. Them out. For forty nine ninety five, you can get this app. <laughs> so this is a torpedo, and I never clip off enough of the torpedo. So I, 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 it's one of those things. I either clip too much and it goes crazy, or I don't clip enough and the draw is shit. So I may have to go back and uh, do a second cut on this. But uh, I did my first cut, and you did a V, didn't you? I did not. I did a straight cut on it. Oh, okay. But I That's might secret. my second one might maybe, but. Be- yeah. A deep V. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll try it and we'll see. If it's if it's sucking, then I'll uh I'll uh, I, go back. I think I I think I told you when we were on the cruise in December. Okay. I I bought 
a, a hand, like two or three Cubans, I bought two in Aruba and then the one in Bonaire. Mm-hmm. And one of the Cubans I bought in Aruba was a small little torpedo. I don't remember the brand. It's in my Cuhaba or something. Anyway, all I could travel with was a punch. Oh, right? a punch. Yeah. And I whip out my punch and the tip of that damn cigar went into, and it didn't. It was too big? No, it was too small. It just went in there. Uh-huh. And it wouldn't cut. So I had to take the, my, I had to take that metal punch and like, Saw it. Surgerize the end of this thing and chop off the end. This is a bad circumcision. All shreds and all. It's like I felt bad for the cigar and he was just like. I wouldn't trust him yeah. to be a moil. Tor- torpedoes no. could be a difficult thing. Not at his age. His handshake too much. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me let me light your cigar. <laughs> you come oh, away, a woman. Sorry about the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a lighter go in the back of the guy's head. We'll go right now. Oh, well, I'm firing up. What are you up getting my... out of your cigar there, Nick? Oh, this is uh, just a nice, good, creamy, smooth cigar to, on the cold draw there. Um, now, in all fairness, I uh, prior to getting on to record with you guys, I did uh, my uh, my review for the Cigar Authority, like a little review team thing that they do. And uh, whatever cigar number 7C is... That's a spicy little beast, so I'm hoping that the palate has relaxed a little bit since then, but uh, I don't know what it is. I love finding out what they are after I submit the review and they put it out and everything, but whatever this one is, it was very spicy, but oh my gosh, it was such a great cigar, so I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what it is so that hopefully I can get more of them. This is the part of the episode that I know you hate <laughs> when I'm lighting my cigar yeah. and all you hear is that. What I'm getting. I'm you getting hear that, that sensation mm-hmm. when you're walking through a forest or something. <laughs> you come across a dead squirrel and all, all the little critters have been nibbling on it. You get that stench of, of a rotten carcass. Well, that's a nice uh, sales pitch for the uh, party. It's it's there. No, nothing like that. It's a little better than that. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> no, I'm, I, and we've discussed this. We have discussed this. I'm useless with tape. I was and getting, on nope. top of that, I befriended a gentleman named Tom from New Jersey. Hey, Tom. And he's the same way. He said, when I, when I turned a certain age, because I couldn't taste a damn thing, he said, I just smoke because I enjoy the sensation and relaxation of it all. He was, it could taste like shit, and I wouldn't tell you. He goes, I have no idea. I said, well, it smells like that. He goes, well, it may. No, it is what it is. No, I was just going to say, I know you hate it when I'm like lighting my cigar and I'm drawing in and making that kind of noise. noise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk You do about, sound like you're sucking oysters. Let's talk it's... about that episode that I listened to on the flight down where all I heard out of you was... <laughs> That one where you were, I listened to two episodes. The one I think you were talking about your baiting app. Oh, <laughs> I was solo for that one. I didn't have anybody to bounce off of. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, while really I was good. lighting, you guys yeah. would have been talking and vice versa. But, Spotify, you know. 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get, get it. That I'm just, that's it. That's it. There's All a right. word for that. And I can never remember muscle, muscle phobia or whatever, where you hear a sound and it bugs you. So, is, is MOSO something, Muslim, Muslophobia or something? Anyway, so yeah, I suffer from that. I suffer about that all the time. That's only one of the many things he suffers about, though. So that's, we'll take it with that. It's true. It's true. So, this is uh, a smoke monster. Yeah. It produces a ton of smoke. We're going to have the fire department here in about five minutes. 
Well, good. I like a nice little smokestack. No, I mean, just look at the friggin' thing. Yeah. No, it's kicking yeah, off. I put it against the darkness. The darkness of the town. The darkness. Oh, that, that's beautiful, Jim. You can see that perfectly. Well, it's in effect. Well, you can if you look at the damn camera. <laughs> I'm going home tomorrow, and I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So, how's the? So, yeah. So, this is the first time you've been at Ken's shop. What What are the thoughts? What? How's it been? This is the first time I've seen you in like twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Twelve to fourteen years is our first togetherness. Aw. Friday night when he came into the shop, it was actually very, very, very humbling and very rewarding at the same time for me because we've gone. We've spent a lot of time away from each other, but we've spent a lot of time together on the phone. And we've, we've gone through some hills and valleys together. And it was just very almost sentimental when, we, when I got to actually hug him and say, Jim, it was good to see you again. And, and I think I'll let him say on his side, but for me, having him in my store, it meant a lot for me. And it made me validate that I did good. So oh, That's sweet. As you're probably more than familiar, son, being in, in medical products is not a sustaining career. Uh, that industry has gone through a lot of turmoil, regulatory reimbursements, things like that, always messing things up. And so I've, and, and you know that, so I've changed jobs. Companies come, companies go, just let them know what some fail, and it just is what it is. And there, there are those. There are those ebbs and flows. You have those great years, and then you have the ones where you want to get a job. Then you get that other, and you do startups, and you do failures, and you do this, and you do that. And it is what it is. And it was through those times, we always stayed in touch. He had the same thing. He had a great job at a wonderful, wonderful golf resort and whatever, and changes come, ownership changes, or whatever it may be, whatever. And just shit happens. And he, he would go down for a while as I was, and we just kind of did that with our with our careers yeah. and our lives. And having a commiserate is a critical factor. Having somebody who has no investment in your life other than caring is valuable. So, in all candor, I'm going to get emotional here. Um, seeing what he's accomplished and knowing where he's come from and where he was and the shit he went through in his life. To walk into a shop like I'm in right now, um, this is nice. And and I couldn't be more proud of him. I mean, I'm all about 11 years older than you. 11 years. But, but you're kind of like a weird son. Um, but, but to see what you've accomplished, I could not imagine. And I told him this the other day. Certain people, um, and I'll never understand how this works, but certain people are placed on the earth and they find that reason. You know, and, and I'll give you I'll give you examples. Um, Michael Jordan, only reason God put him on this earth was to play basketball, and the kid found it out. He did it. Tiger Woods, only reason Tiger Woods was ever placed on this planet is to play golf. And he, and and there are certain people where you hear their name and you're going, "Yep, that's what he should do." That's it. Ken Claridge should have always owned a cigar lounge. I mean, he had all those other jobs, all those experiences. But if there is a hand-in-glove fit for a, for a chucklehead individual for a particular job, I couldn't think of a better one. I mean, the way he understands wines and hospitality and cigars and bullshitting with strangers, making everybody feel like they belong, um, this is probably the best place on earth that this guy could have ever been. So I'm not saying that you're Michael Jordan, but 
No, um, no, I can't jump. I'm full. Yeah, but, I can't do that. Well, white guys can't jump. But <laughs> he, he's where he belongs, and I'm, I'm immensely proud of him. I, I think this is going to be this is going to be that stake in the ground. So well, good on you. But I mean, the every every experience you know, gives you that little something that you then build on and, and move forward on. And so to your point, you know, all of right, Ken's right. prior hospitality experience and this and that and whatever, I mean, it led him to the point of having the knowledge base and having the experience to be able to do what, you know, if 25-year-old Ken would have started Ash and Ale, would it be the yeah. same place that it is now? Probably not, you know? I don't think he could have done this 10 years ago. We're talking about you like you're not here. Couldn't have done this 10 years ago. <laughs> Um, sometimes when you go through jobs and job changes, knowing and learning what not to do is more important than learning how to do and, and, and what to do. Um, there's a lot of mistakes you make and you go, damn, I'll never do that again. And you know, uh, and, and we've both done that. I mean, all the startups that I've done, all the products that I, I launched and brought to the market, uh, most recent one, you know, I went through a whole patent. I warned the patent on the thing, which nobody seems to care about but me because, Getting a patent is a difficult thing on a product that was invented back in 1892. You know, a new version of something like that. Um, all those little little things that you learned all along the way, you learn how to navigate from. Either you go that way or you don't go that way again. And it's all valuable. And, and, and that crossword puzzle of career is what brought him into sitting here right now, I think. So cool, cool on you. Very much so. I totally agree. I think if, if I would have done this, actually, I think I could have done this 10 years ago, but 20 years ago, no. If I was 20 in my 20s again, I probably could have done it, but it would have been, well, I can't say that. I had one in 1993. So 91 through 93, I had a Scarlet, and it went well, but I sold it. So it was a, it was a great learning spot for me, gave me something to, to, to see and then to figure out that's what I wanted to be, and that's why I'm here. So compare real quick. Compare that shop from ninety one to ninety three to what you've got today. You know, like what differences, similarities, what you know, that sort of thing. I mean, Experience, life, understanding life, and twenty four years of being older. Um, because I hate to say 20... it, it's closer to it's like thirty years, bud. Okay, fuck off. But anyways, <laughs> you know, he acts a lot older than he is, and he looks a lot older than he acts. I'm just saying. Paradox of life. I'm just saying. It's 2024, not 2014. So it's yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. 30, 30 <laughs> years, and he has a ponytail like a 12 year old little girl. I mean, I yeah. don't get that, but hey, <laughs> good on him. It is what it is. Well, we discussed that yesterday. He's going to be a big comb forward. <laughs> See, he's thinking but, ahead. Flop. <laughs> I want Trump. No. <laughs> but my point was being at 25 years old, I couldn't have done what I'm doing now because of the people. You've met a lot of my members mm -hmm. when you were here. Being 20, 30 years younger, it would never have been able to happen where I would have met those guys like I did and became friends like I did. Um, the age definitely helps this industry. Being young in this industry and being an owner of something is very challenging, in my opinion, because there's not enough young people who do smoke and who frequent the facilities. I would love for that to happen, but that's something we're trying to still work out in brick and mortars. Well, I think the, getting, it's getting better. Yes, I think the problem that you've got yeah. there, and I think it's just a just a, a fact of life. 
you know, is that the disposable income doesn't come until the 30s. And so you don't get people that have the disposable income to be able to come in and essentially light 10 bucks or 20 bucks or however much on fire and sit and just, you know, enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 so I don't know, you're never, I don't know if we're ever going to see like a massive influx of 20 somethings come in. Um, but thirties, maybe the thirties would be nice, but also, again, I think they're a little more intimidated. Some of them because of the anti-socialism that they have being socialized with COVID and before that, even with technology and being grown up in front of computers, Yep, getting out and sitting around with some folks that be your age or even older, it makes it a little, them a little more uncomfortable. So that's something I would love to see change in the industry. You mean um, I have to talk to people? My God. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and that's one of the reasons I want my, I'm glad that I have my stepdaughter working with us. She's 23 years old and she brings in people who are younger in age that kind of change our dynamic and our, our whole way of looking at things. But it also gets a younger life in here talking to these older guys that we can change some of the conversations that we have on a day-to-day basis. For sure. So it, it's a really neat dynamic when you have the younger guys coming in and, and showing interest because the guys, the older guys love teaching and it's, it's, it's just a great way of the rapport in a cigar shop. As we've talked about on your show before, it's so unique that there are no, there are no barriers. Once you walk into the shop, everyone's on common ground. Everyone's the equal. So the, it just becomes so much more natural to talk and to explain and teach. It makes life very, very easy. Definitely. So, have you been smoking around the humidor there at the Ashenale? What have you What have you had that you've enjoyed? I mean, aside from the the partigas there, I assume. Real quick, before I get to that, real yeah, quick, I have that. Answer. When I got here the other night and he introduced me, I'm Nick's dad. <laughs> no shit. This isn't Jim. This isn't my. Oh, you remember Nick was here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Nick's dad. Oh, nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm following you around. I mean, you're like a friggin' celebrity. You're, you're like a friggin' celebrity. You I, know what I'm talking I about? I did get there. I did get there three months before you, so that's true. Right? Yep. Right. So yeah, I, I and 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 I enjoyed that, frankly. <laughs> you're memorable, I guess. But shit, there's like a half a dozen more people. This is next day. Oh yeah, <laughs> It was funny. That is fun. Oh, anyway. Um, what did we had a Diddy the other night. We did. And it was good. Yeah. It was, I liked that one a whole bunch of Yeah. He had the the Connecticut okay. DBA and had a fantastic fantastic smoke. I think went forever too. Yeah, we smoked it. He you, you were lit that one that but that one's made for the golf course. It's made to burn for now forty five minutes to two hours. Yeah, I was gonna say that one worked me for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. came in around right around five thirty ish, six o'clock and we went to dinner, came back, and we smoked that from like seven thirty till ten o'clock almost. Yeah. Okay. So that was a great time. Sat here, he got to meet the, a lot of the guys that you met yeah. from the group, and some people that had, were new in and everything. So, and he didn't run them off, which surprised the fuck out of me. I tried everything. <laughs> I, really did. I hit him with all my best lines, <laughs> and the bastard stayed. I couldn't believe it. So, but in just a few minutes, I actually have one of my members here. Yeah, that's in the place with me that I'm going to ask to come on and you asked a question and he was at the time in his thirties when he met us. So I'm going to actually let him answer your question. Now that he heard my answer, yeah. I want to let him say if that's, if, if I was right about that, because he was a very special 
connection to us. He came into the family very quickly. I'm what I call my family, the shop very quickly. And I'm going to let him explain why and how that happened. Okay. So if you're okay with that. Yeah, go ahead. Come on over here, Justin. It's a party. Yeah, go that way. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna, Justin's going to stand behind us because of the way we're situated. Be oh, what's up, man? That's, hey, Nick, nice to see you again, Good brother. to see That's you. Sad. How so, you doing? But the guy has to stand. This is wrong. Hey, so. <laughs> you, I can still stand. I've got the youth on you. Yeah, I'm Nick's dad, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So how's I it going? Kim and I sit by the docks and smoke cigars all the time. He tells me the story about you guys sharing that bottle of port and mm-hmm. closing down the resort and everything. <laughs> okay, now he's sitting. So okay. there you go. Shut up. This is nice. Okay, so Justin, speak up okay. since you're a little away from the computer there, yeah, but yeah, otherwise... Yeah, yeah. All right. Can you hear me now? I got you. All right. Loud and clear. So go ahead and explain to him, if you don't mind, the way we got introduced to each other. Okay. So this is a real emotional story. I, uh, where are we at with the lounge? We're in a little resort. It's called European Village. There's shops and little things right now. The old uh, hotel rooms became apartments. I went through a, a lengthy divorce, moved out, moved into these apartments. I didn't know anybody around here. We're just kind of going through life. The cigar shop before Ken took it over was never open, ever. Like, I could barely get in here, buy a cigar. You couldn't smoke in here. COVID was, you know, just getting over. So I'm walking home from work to my apartment, just kind of in a daze. I look over, and I see an on sign, open. I see a new sign. So the humidor it says Ash and Ale. Okay, I'll go over there and get a cigar. So I walk in. Ken and his wife are sitting outside. Another couple who are now great friends with are sitting outside. Technically, they just closed, but he didn't turn off the sign. So I show up, he goes, hey, welcome, you want a cigar, you want to get a beer? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I walk in, pick a cigar, get a beer. They said, oh, come sit down with us, we'll, we'll have a smoke and just talk. So I sit down with them, and within 20 minutes, the other couple's telling me their life story, family secrets, we just, like, instantly became friends, like God ordained it, and I've never left since. And it was special because I was in a very flat place in my life, uh, going through the divorce, you know, didn't really have much going on. And now I have a family, and with Ken, I spend holidays with this man. Like, when I say I'm going to my family's house for holiday dinner, it's with this guy. So this place, when he was talking earlier about how God put somebody on earth for certain things, I feel like Ken Players was put on earth not only for Ash and Ale, but for me. So this place is the most special cigar lounge in the world. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Sorry for the feels, but there you go. No, I love hearing that. (laughs) That's right. And this was on, it was only the second night we were open. Oh, wow. After I took over. So it was very close to the time I took over the day. I opened it up the day before. It happened to be day two that we met Justin. That's awesome. So it was awesome. Yeah. So, but as your dad said, I think I was placed here to do some things like this. And I'm not being conceited or anything like that. This is what I've always wanted. This is what I've always looked for. I'm really good at putting people together. I, I take them, find their strength, and get with, put together with other people and make a strong relationship between them and myself. So this is a perfect kind of opportunity for me to do that and help my 24 members and everybody else I interact with here. You know, if only all the shop owners, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but if only all the other shop owners you know, kind of had that same kind of mentality, you know, cause I mean, there's, there, there's different types of owners. There's the ones that open it up and it's 
it's it's a business man they are there to make money and everything else then there's those that you know um open it up and and it's a clubhouse and and maybe they don't really have the business sense but you know they're there to have a clubhouse for themselves and their buddies and that sort of thing and then there's some that create you know open it up mainly because they just need a job you know and and they're just making themselves a job i think the 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 sweet spot is probably a mix of all three and if you can really accomplish that then then i think you've got something going on there and you know obviously your place is a business it's there to give you a job and give you some revenue and an income and everything but it also has has the clubhouse atmosphere where you've built out that family and and everybody's kind of getting close and and whatever and i i think that's really nice so no i think i think it works out really well um the guys who do uh oh that are part of the family as well and you've met again you've met several of those your dad got to meet a few the other night so it's 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 taking off and it's growing i hopefully that i can keep stay blessed and have it keep growing there you go well in terms of the humidor have you added anything since i've been there I have added a few new lines. A company called Bravada, um, I've added. They have a cigar. They have several cigars that are blended to go with specific uh, different liquor, like cognac, bourbon, scotch, tequila, and rum um, that are very good. They also have specialty lines that um, have become very popular. One of them is called the Blue Cheese and right now it's probably one of my best selling cigars I've gone. I've had it in the shop for three weeks and I've sold eight boxes of it already. Okay. Um, I've got another one called uh, Kings County and which is a very good one. I've got another one called the Mad Monkey, which is a very dark, strong cigar. And I, I brought that one in because of, I think everyone, if you've seen me before, I think I've talked about one of my employees whose name is Monkey. Yep. yep. So I brought him in his own cigar. So the lines have done well. Um, I have added, who else have I added since you were here? I brought in a few more lines of Barry Otega uh, from uh, Michael. Yeah. I brought in the Metropolitan line, and I'm waiting for one more line to come in. Um, other than that, I believe, I've increased my lines of Aladino. Okay. I will be going to the Aladino factory here in about three weeks. Ah, uh, that'll so, be fun. That'll be yeah, a lot of two fun. Two weeks after... Yeah, two weeks after, um, two and a half weeks after I get back to Vegas, seeing you in Vegas uh, in a few days, I'll be going to Honduras for five days. Very cool. And yeah, just for full transparency to the listeners, once again, I am still pre-recording in anticipation of my trip to Vegas. So by the time you listen to this, uh, I will have uh, will have been to TPE. I will have seen Ken in Vegas, and uh, we will have uh, had some fun and and looked at a lot of cigars. And um, then next episode, after this episode, you'll get my TPE recap with all the interviews and all the information of what I pulled back from Vegas. So. You know, that's coming up. Let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. I, I know why you're going. What do you hope to get out of TPE? As I said with PCA, I'm looking for it as an educational job because I've never done it before, so right. I want to understand why they're there. You're looking for more lines? You're looking to reinforce relationships <laughs> with existing lines? Both. What Actually, I'm, I'm trying to do both. I want to find – I'm still looking for two specialty lines that I want to bring in that I'm really right. comfortable with. Sure. Um, I'm also wanting to bring in one more line from the Dominican because I only carry very limited Dominican uh, lines. Why does that matter? 
because I have several folks that come in all the time, and some of my regulars who like the Dominican blends better than the Nicaraguan blends, and I want to have that a variety for them. Do you think most people know the difference between one or the other, that it's enough to justify shelf space? Or are you doing it just for your one or two people? No, I'm doing it because because of that, I want I only have two other lines that are Dominican right now. Right. I want to have a third, maybe a fourth, just so I can get a little more of a balance. Sure. Um, I think it's it's important for people who are learning to smoke cigars to try different ones. Right. And the way I, Justin will be, probably better explain the way I teach, I figure out what you like, and then I recommend things off of what you like. And if they are, prefer a Dominican over a Nicaraguan, I'm not going to push something that I don't believe that you're going to like. Never have and I never will. So I want to make sure you stay in your wheelhouse until you're comfortable enough to change out of that. Right. So to me, it's almost like an experience smoking, and your experiences have to be good or you're not going to continue. Got it. And this guy can remember flavor profiles. I think of all the 25 members and so that we have, he knows every one of our profiles. And some of them are really complex. Like mine is a whole rap sheet long, and he knows the whole thing. So it's incredible. I can walk in, Ken, what am I smoking? And he'll look around, I think, and then just give me the perfect cigar. No, a good, a good tobacconist will know their their customers and know what they I smoke. Know, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> Cindy over at Riverman, it's so funny watching, you know, people come in and they will they will ask for her because they'll say, I don't know what I smoke, but Cindy knows what I smoke. And, you know, she'll she'll say, you smoke this or, you know, if you like we're out of that, but you'll like this one instead, you know, and that sort of thing. And and that's key. I mean, if a shop has a really good tobacconist, they can do that. They can bounce you around the humidor and make sure you get what you want. And that's that's important because the last thing in the world you want is to go in as a consumer and get something that that you know, you, you you're not going to like you. You know, you don't know you're not going to like it tobacconist might know you're gonna, not going to like it but then if you get sold something you're not going to like you're going to be like well why did they let me buy that you know right and and so then it could be a negative experience in the shop so you know a good a good tobacconist will make sure that you get what you want funny thing that you said right there was because putting it to my situation because of where we are we've got a lot of snowbirds mm. so i have to remember people's things for up to six to nine months because they're only down here for two to four months at the most when they're down here. So when they come back the following year, when they walk in the door, I have to remember what they've smoked. I don't know when they're coming back in. So when they come back in, I literally look at them and go, oh crap, what is he smoking? And I've got to remember. And so hopefully they can throw me a bone and say, yeah, I really like this last time. But if they don't, then I've got, I, the memory's not as sharp as it used to be, but it's still there. That's impressive. And the other thing with Snowbirds is you don't know if they're going to be coming back. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? So how are you getting new customers to replace those dead ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, now, God, that's actually an industry-wide issue. You know, you have yeah, there are see, definitely some shops. That brings back to what you were talking about before, just how do you get that next generation yeah. coming up to say, yeah, I think I'm going to Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a dying, yeah. I was actually yeah. just talking with a cigar rep the other day, and we were talking about this, and and how, you know, I don't know how things are going for you, but right now, you know, seemingly across the country, small business, they're taking a hit. That includes cigar shops. And right. so you have these cigar shops that are saying, you know, like, man, I just, I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, why, why is this, why is this slowed down and that sort of thing. And um, the cigar shops that have 
found ways to think outside the box and uh you know do some different stuff they're they're at least holding steady and and seeing progress but the ones that have been around for 50 years and they've done things the same way for 50 years and they've got the same customers for the last 50 years you know they're sitting back going like we're really hurting and it's like well no shit your customers are dying like it's just part of life and you're not doing anything and you're not doing anything different to attract new people it's precisely pain, it's painful to change what you're doing it is so yeah, and as you get older, it's more challenging to do it because it, it's it's painful for not only them that you're making a change for your customers, but for you it's very painful because you get set in your ways when you set up a shop and you want things done. One of the things that I did was the shop was set up for 17 years before I bought it, and I literally changed one little thing by moving my cash register from sitting right where over here in the right corner over to the left side right next to my bar. And it has made a world of difference for everybody. Us made our lives easier because it put me closer to the beer and the wine and it didn't have to cross the, rep, the store three times to get someone to drink and ring them up and all of that. But for them, it opened up the whole store and it made it a totally different personality. Yeah. So it's, it's little things that you can keep doing and you don't have to do everything at once. Progress short, uh, slowly. That way people can accept the change and understand it and keep seeing the change. And it makes it a lot easier. Well, and don't be afraid to experiment, you know? It's like, if you have an idea, try it out. If it doesn't work, you can always cut it off. I mean, that's the thing. You hear about this all the time in business, how, you know, you as a a single cigar shop, you're nimble. You can make a change, and if it doesn't work, you can cut it off quickly. Whereas, like, big corporations, you know, they move move like battleships. It takes forever to to turn, and then it takes forever to readjust, you know? And so... You know, you can you can do something different. Try it. And if it doesn't work, move on with life. Exactly. So, but the, the 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 ability to change and let change happen is very critical for small um, brick and mortars. So, and I'm seeing that right now, especially with with the beers I'm ordering. Yeah, people are coming in. And I've got a whole bunch of new people that I've never seen before, want different kinds of beers, and I'm having to bring in a whole bunch of different stuff that I've never carried before. So it's for me, I was like, I don't really want to bring it in, but is this what they're going to start buying? So if they are, then yes, it's the, it's the right thing, and I need to I need to keep growth going. Oh, these kids nowadays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn craft beer. You guys have any IPAs? I don't like stores with the register by the front door. It's like they have a sentry. And when you leave, they go, oh, you're not buying anything? Uh, I, I don't like it. It's, it's like a yeah. guarded station. You saw it's my, less intimidating for on the side. You sure. you saw my store with the cash register next to the bar, right? Yeah. yeah. So just prior to that, I think I showed you where it was before, right at the front door. Yeah, it's in that like, I had front window area. wall-off area that was like a, an office, basically, that was open-aired office. But with the door being not blocked now, I can get people to come in and out. I can literally almost double my volume. Yeah. Not to mention it was a choke point during holidays, like oh. last New Year's. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, we couldn't even get in and out to like clean asteroids. Right, they were just waiting to pay and everything. It was, oh, it was brutal. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I will say, it's it, it your your shop. It's it's not so much. It's kind of that way, but it's just kind of that way by by necessity. I tend to not like the shops where you have to walk the gauntlet. 
you know, go through all the chairs where everybody's sitting and everything like that in order to get to the humidor. Because, you know, I've been in plenty where you walk in the door and the humidor's in the back and all the guys are sitting there and everybody, when you open that door, they're like, you know, looking right at you. And now it's like new guy walking through, you know, and all that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, obviously, I know with layout, you know, it's it's kind of a necessity with your place. But that also goes to your client base. If your client base is nice and friendly and everything, it's no big deal. You know, some of these places, the the ones that are just personal clubhouses, those are the ones where you walk in and it's kind of awkward for a minute. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That would, if I could change one thing, I think I would change where my front door would be. Because mm-hmm. I am with you. Walking in toward my, uh, my shop can be a little intimidating because I've got now I added an extra new couch since you've been here right as you walk in the door right literally to the left as you walk in my door there's new leather couch oh of two seats so um that has gets more people because you know where the two wooden tables were with the four chairs yeah uh this is right before you even get to those okay so when you do walk in it can be at night on a Friday Saturday Thursday night it can get a little intimidating for people, but our, our membership and our customer base is so nice and so warm and welcoming that it's really impressive to watch these guys embrace the new folks that come in. The hot, I don't tub, even have the to hot tub is a good idea. The hot tub is a really good idea. <laughs> I think it's going to awkward for worse, but I think it's going to grow on that. And the neighbor upstairs really doesn't mind when I retract a stripper pole, too. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. He's got a lot in the works. I would say <laughs> Saturday night fun night at Ash and Ale. <laughs> That's Sunday's after hours. Guys. Now come to the stage. <laughs> it's Justin. You know, <laughs> Justin's the bodyguard. For that. Yeah, we'd like to introduce the bouncer. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So I have a question to put you on the spot. Oh boy, uh, you know the demographics of your listeners? Uh I kind of do. I mean, to the extent that. Uh, I can pull them from uh, from uh, my social medias and that sort of thing, I, and and I can tell you geographically where people are based, based off no, of I'm talking the age, ages mostly things like that. Yeah, I it would be it would be ish, interesting to hear ish. who's listening to you, who's listening to podcasts on cigars compared to who cigar customers are, and kind of correlate. Are you getting a younger because let's let's be honest. Oh, I can guarantee you, I'm getting Pod, a, podcasts are not for guys my age. I was just about to say, I can guarantee you, I'm getting a younger demographic right. than you know, podcasting is that you know whatever age group. And if they're listening to cigar podcasts, one would well assume that they're smoking cigars at least intermittently. Yeah, I, I, I would also. I, I, I don't know if that late, if that crosses over. I would also assume that it's business. it's the nerdier of the cigar smokers that are the guy that's having one cigar every couple of weeks or one a month or something like that. They're not going to be right. seeking out like a cigar podcast to sit and listen to. You know, it's the it's the people that are, you know, multiple times a week, you know, sometimes right. daily. You know, th- those are the cigar smokers that are probably going to be seeking out, you know, cigar podcasts. That would be an interesting thing at TE is you chuckleheads go around that show talking to the companies, ask them if they know the demographic of the customer. And, yeah. and that'll tell you whether or not this company's got a grasp on the society. That, that's actually a really good point for you because you're going to be talking to so many people. That, do that. that might be an interesting, interesting and dangerous game. And it's almost like a game of Russian roulette. 
you really don't want to put people on the spot when you're doing those quick interviews. But you also want to find out if, if your dad's right, if they do understand the, the clientele base. It's maybe a question for off air, but still a question that's valid. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can come back and report it and say, hey, after talking to these guys, I've understood. Now this is what we found out. For sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a name. And I'm probably stepping over a line here, but you know me, I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I just sit back and I look, and I look at the people that I'm aware of in the industry. Right? Yeah. I look at Michael Herblot. Yeah. And the persona that he's conveying of his business, of himself, mm-hmm. of, of the cigar line. It tells me that he's after a particular clientele the people who would who who would care about his presence and how and and i admire the guy i mean this guy is panache he presents himself straight like you would expect he should coming from where he came from yeah i would contest that his target customer would not be the guy that just bumbles in and buys uh whatever macanudo or whatever i you know and and that in in the in the company the company executives, and I'm getting into, getting into I'm, I'm, no, I'm getting into philosophy of culture, <laughs> corporate stuff coming bubbling out of me again. Corporate culture comes from executives, all right. How that CEO carries himself is how the guy below him carries himself. You always want to emulate the guy above you. Yeah. Okay. And how that guy at the top conveys his message, his image, his vocabulary, and and all. Is the corporate culture is the corporate culture, and that presents yourself to who your customers are. They want a position with people like that. And I'd, I'd be curious. Some of the companies out there, and, I, I, and I'm not going to get into judgmentalism. Some of the companies out there, I would contest, are not Michael Herbert's guys. You know, those products are not going to go to a, a metropolitan line or some of the other lines. Stereotype. Right. And and I, I'm intrigued by the demographic of all and our companies, you know, zigging and zagging when they're completely missing their mark by who they are, how they look, how they talk, how they talk. It's very possible. So it, it's, I mean, that's a, that's a whole study. You could have yeah. a market research study on the industry and nobody's going to do that, but... It's, I'm just curious about that now because I never really thought through that. There, there are certain products I look at them and I go, I don't know, the heck is the guy's an asshole? <laughs> you know, there are products that I've dropped. There are products that, that you know that we don't use in the household anymore because of events that happened in 2020. I'm not dealing with that company ever again. Yeah, and we use our products up to that point. Look at Bud Light. Shit. Yeah, no. one idiot in Bud Light to destroy half of the company. Yeah, and there are people. And today I had the choice. All the Anheuser Busch products, I went with Michelob Ultra, not because I necessarily like Mick Ultra, but I'm not going to drink Bud Light yet. Yep. You know, so oh, they're still so the, trying to figure out the their marketing culture presence of the guys in the company and the boom at TPE will tell you who their customer targets. I'm intrigued by that now. The more I think about, it. Hmm. well, you know something, Jim, you should come join us in TPE. So we, can uh, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to Vegas anymore. <laughs> oh, that's true. I do remember that list on College Wall. It's a, fed, it's a federal thing, and I know that. <laughs> okay. Dick, you might want to change your last name for the week. Oh, I see, I'm allowed. 
I've put a I've put at least a floor or two on some of those casinos with the losses and whatnot. So like, no, they they like me out there. Now I'm not planning on doing any gambling this trip. I enjoy Vegas for you know, 48 hours, and then I'm I got to get out of there. I'm yeah, not a gambler, as you know. I, I I've never I go out there with a, a dollar in my pocket. I come home. I don't gamble. Don't care. Don't give a shit. I don't care if other people do. I'll stand and I'll watch them. I just I'm not a Vegas guy. I so, generally right? restaurants maybe a show, but I'm out of there. I generally golf agree. Courses, with... Angel, Angel Park is a great golf course in Vegas. It's a public course. Yeah. It's a muni. It's not Shadow Creek. It's cheap, but it's a hell of a trap. So, hey guys, before we go any further, I want to say thank you to Justin. I know he has to run and go get his kids for the evening. Take so, it easy, buddy. Good, good to see you guys. Good Appreciate to see you. you coming on, Justin. Good night. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Um, yeah, I tend to agree with Gervais. His his personal rule is. Uh, with Vegas is 72 hours on the ground and then out, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I feel like that's, that's, that's a good sweet spot. I'm doing a little more this trip. Typically with TP, yeah. I fly out on Tuesday and I fly back like on Friday evening. You do like after a red the, eye usually. And maybe not quite a red eye, but later, like a 7 PM, you know, but yeah. um, this year I opted to go ahead, stay Friday night and leave Saturday. Um, well, you know, you're getting older and growing up a little bit. I mean, you know, you know it's it's costing me another night of the hotel, but I don't really. I'm doing the red eye on fr- on Friday night. So yeah, you're well, getting you're back at like sure. fucking six a.m., <laughs> which is just like gross. That's disgusting. Yeah, getting back at yeah, like I, I arrived back in Jacksonville. Uh, I got to Atlanta. I think at four in the morning. I got a connection <sighs> at five forty to Jacksonville, and then Jacksonville. I'll be getting home around six thirty. And then I've got to drive another hour and 20 minutes back home. So. Yeah, and then you're wasted that whole day at that point. Yes. But you see, I used to do that shit with conventions. And when you red-eye home, you're expected to be at your desk the next that morning by the 8 o'clock meeting that you're attending. Yes. That's, I that... can't tell you how many West Coast conventions resulted in red-eyes to be at that meeting. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. No. What do you think of that 146? I'm digging it. I'm uh getting into the... I'm either in or getting into the second, third. It's just a nice, smooth, good cigar. I mean, it. it I, I love Placencia so much, but... I figured it might have been a little too mild for you because you like a little more of the medium, the medium plus sticks. Yeah, it's it's mild, it's milder, but, you know, but I... I Placencia is one of those brands that, it, it, with even with the more milder ones, they they're just, flavor. they're so good. And yes. the flavorful and 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 uh, the the construction on them—they're just so good that I don't mind. You know, like um, I, this one is one of those ones that I—the I, last time I think maybe not the last time when you and I smoked the Placencias on the show the one time I had that gift pack yep. that I'd bought. This one came out of that, so you okay. know, price point wise, um, this one might be a little more if I would have bought it individually, but. Getting it in that, it was a nice deal. So, yeah, very good. And you guys are liking your partagus. I love this. This is a really good smoke. It's a lot stronger than I typically smoke, but it for for who's here and why we're doing it, it's absolutely nice. perfect. Yeah, well, go and it goes really well with the Irish whiskey. <laughs> Do you have Irish whiskey too? We can drink real stuff on the air, and I'm closed, so it's not illegal. Well, there you go. I don't care. <laughs> um, well, very cool. Well, why don't we why don't we do this just to get the the business portion out of the way?
It's time for the Villiger Cigars Entertainment Report. Brought to you by... Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family-owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. My coffee has gotten very cold in the tent. I would notice that. It's a coffee cup. You're drinking coffee. Yeah, I, I do. In fact, I got these. They're, they're really big. They're like almost like the soup cup kind of. Nice. I mean, Good so. Lord. This is you like. You don't even like coffee. No, that's my boy. No. If I, I can just get you up to a minimum of 10 cups a day. You can be like your dad. You're in my ballpark. Well, no. See, that's the thing. You, I, was a, I was that's, a 30 a day for with a while. The, with with this giant yeah. mug, that's like a double cover. Yeah, yeah, this is like a double mug. So, like you know, on the on the pot when you when you pour it out of, I can make a that full pot. Good coffee. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. just say yes. <laughs> yeah, I set you up for a perfect Jesus, spot. Man. Yeah, I'm being honest. Yes, <laughs> um, but no, as long as it's not Folgers or Maxwell House, Pete's, you're okay. Pete's. Pete's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was on sale at Target. So it yeah. works. Yeah. That's like a fall tip. But uh um no um what was I gonna say? Uh no, when I make a full pot, I can get three full mugs out of a full pot with these big nice. giant mugs. So nice. Yeah, so you know. Look at you. It's probably a little creamered up more than you would like, but you know, such is life. Since he drinks uh, it black, I'm sure it's a lot more creamed up. Yeah. yeah, well, I got a new, I got a new coffee maker. This one has a timer now, so now I can nice. set it and forget it, and it'll be ready in the yeah. morning. And uh, but it's I've got always some... had those with timers, and I've never been work. I've never worked the timer. It took you how many years to grow up to get one of the I big know, boy coffee the, pots? I'm so proud. Yeah, <laughs> but it's got a button. It says strong, so you do that, it's and got like, a button. and it does something else to make. If you want your coffee stronger, you push that button, and it brews. It probably it. has a heat thing too, where it's like hot and medium. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, okay. As yeah. long as you're good at playing with buttons, that's good. I, I, I'm, I'm good at buttons. Yeah. I can figure button. out the buttons. Got a nap on his phone where he can program. Not a nap. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not that fancy. This was only a $40 coffee maker here. I mean, uh, yeah, we're not. Never spend a lot of money on a coffee maker. No, no, no. Let's, no, get, no. let's get back to the entertainment. I was going to say, entertainment report. <laughs> Look at Ken Sorry, keeping Renee. the show on track. <laughs> anyway, so what have you guys been entertained by lately? We have been binge watching. And when I say binge watching, I mean like there's like, I don't know, shit, 12 seasons of a show called Doc Martin. Oh, one of my favorites. I've been, I love that show. And we didn't talk, we didn't talk. We've never even brought this up. No. Oh, this is the BBC one. It is PBS. It's British humor. Yeah. Janet has been big on the British thing. I mean, U.S. US comedy, and we talked about this. Uh, Sitcoms bite. You go to British humor, it's subtle. It's whatever, right? Doc Martin is, it, it's been on about 10 or 12 seasons. And the whole premise of the show is there's a guy who used to be a surgeon in London, but he didn't like the sight of blood. Made him good. Mm-hmm. And so he became a general practitioner in this little village, a little tiny town on the, on the water in another, another place in Britain. And it's a, it's a town of a lot of sarcastic, little annoying. They want to know everything about everybody's business, kind of a little town. Uh-huh. And he's a no bullshit. And you think I'm a curmudgeon? <laughs> this guy, this I can learn from this he's guy. He's on the spectrum somewhere there. So. Oh, oh, yeah, this okay. guy's odd. Yes. 
And it's just it, it, the the humor is just like whoa, where that and, and you just laugh your ass. And you don't see it coming because it it, it and it, you, most of the time you have to stop and think and go, holy shit, that was great. Oh, he, <laughs> oh, he snaps at his patient. You know, perhaps I owe you an apology. Well, yes, you do. You know, <laughs> cut him off at the ankle, and he and he'll say what he thinks when he thinks it about you, and off he goes. Yes. And it, it, that show has just been funny as hell. And I think we're now, we watched pieces, went back and got season one, CD, and now we're going season, 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 season. Yeah. He got some young lady pregnant. She's the, the head of the school now. And she's a very, and, very famous British actress that's in a lot of other shows. And he's always insulting her. How yeah. do you end up getting married some season five or whatever? I don't know. I tell him to go to hell. <laughs> but this show has just been absolutely entertaining. Anybody out there who wants to watch something of just very, Good subtle humor. Look up Doc Martin, M A R T I N. Okay. The, the, the lead character is ugly as sin. Yeah, he's big. He's one of very big ears. He's got he's elephant, like fish. elephant ears. He's like, who would find him attractive? He's always wearing his proper suit and tie. He's a tall son of a bitch, so he ducks through every doorway he goes through. Because in old England, all the doorways are like five foot five. And it, so, yeah, we've been all over Doc Martin. Okay. And only beyond that, we watched season two of The White Lotus. Okay, I have not watched season two of The White Lotus because I watched season one. Yeah. And I watched season oh, I one. And by the end of it, I was like, why the fuck did I watch that? Like nothing, I know that. nothing you happened. Think, what, a, what a pathetic group of people. Yeah, it was it was just kind of yeah. pathetic. And, gr- and I was like, man, this is leading up to something, leading up to something. And then it got to it. And I was like, well, that was and it never did. It was kind of eh. it was like a fart in church. It really right. wasn't all that impressive. And so I just I I didn't get the I didn't understand the love for that show. Everybody was okay, like, "Oh season, my god, it's so season great. two. Season two is no damn different. Only they're in Italy, yeah, all right. And it's a pathetic little group of people. And you're watching this, going, I hate that son of a bitch. I she you know she's stupid. And and the bumbling idiot character, or whatever yeah. Jennifer Coolidge, she's an idiot. And all of a sudden, you get halfway through, and you're going, "Where is this going to go?" <laughs> and when and finally when it ends, you're going, damn, did not see that one coming. And now they're filming season three in Thailand that's not supposed to come out until 2025. Oh, God. And here's a and, and he and here's a little tip, uh, a, a little spoiler. Do you remember in season one the um masseuse at at, at, the, yeah. at the resort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to set her up in business yeah. and all that? Yeah. She's in season three. I have no idea how, how it got there. And uh, why she's in Thailand, but that character reoccurs in season three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So each season has to do with something. What I surmise, one season has to do with like I don't know, wealth and bullshit or whatever. The other has to do with you know sexuality and whatever. And season three has to do with like your religious beliefs and your faith and things like that, and how you perceive the world and blah 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 blah. And that and that masseuse shows up in that episode, in that next thing coming out in twenty five. Okay, but yeah, season two ends and you're going, oh, yeah, damn, how they kill her off? There's your there's your spoiler. How they? Why did they kill her off? She was the star, but the way she dies is great. Okay, it's perfect for her. So yeah, see, White Lotus. I sat through it. I actually watched it. Because usually I don't watch I, TV. Yeah, HBO is one of the... I like some of their shows, but man, the, every once in a while, some come along and I'm just like, I'm not feeling this. Like, And, and it's funny, because it's one of those shows where like 
you you I think you said it. You know, there's just nobody that's very likable. So right. they're so, all assholes. Yeah. And, and so they're either an asshole or they're stupid naive. And succession and was in between. Succession was one of those shows too. I started watching that and I, I was like up, gave up on that years ago. See, I nothing about that. I that was I like one, the old man, and that tells you all you need to know about me and Succession. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like everybody in that show was an asshole too, but at some point I got invested in what they were doing to where right. the fact that they were assholes, I was kind of like, ah, right, whatever. And then some of the quirks, I, I would at least like some of the quirks. But yeah, at the end of it, yeah. you're just like, yeah, they were all jerks. So Yeah, that, that show hit too close to me career-wise. Yeah, I see. Because every character in there, I knew them. <laughs> work for that guy i know that little quick i know that son of a bitch because he's the funder of the funding the company and and it there are certain shows son that i don't find watchable Reality. or funny anymore yeah like planes trains and automobiles remember that movie yep. oh, yes that's not funny because you've been that guy that's because traveling at the time i traveled my ass off and that's not funny yeah, I've had cancellations. I've had rented. I flew back from Munich one time, landed in Chicago, missed my flight, and ended up renting a friggin' car and driving the rest of the way to Indianapolis, getting home at three in the morning after however many hour flight. Yeah. So planes, trains, and automobiles to me is an endearing movie, but it's just not funny. And Succession, I couldn't watch it because it was too close to home. Yeah. And certain sh- certain shows are that way. It's like no, no, there's an affiliation here that I'm. I'm I'm not feeling good about with my life. So, but yeah, White Lotus. And then look, look, watch. You got to find it. I think it's on PBS now. Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Yeah. I'm Doc Martin. Watch I, an episode. I've seen some of it. I saw, oh yeah. God, one day I ended up marathoning. I think the, I think the lead character is Martin Clune, C-L-U-N-E. Okay. And one of the goof, one of the goofballs in Doc Martin, the, the, the whatever his name, I can't Simon or whatever his name, the guy that lives out in the woods who sees people. You know, he's, he's a great, he's the nut job. He's also on Professor T. He's, he's the lead character for another show we watch called Professor T. Okay. Where he, he solves crimes, but he, but he's OCD and he wears gloves because he doesn't want to get sick. Right. You know, that and, and wonderful character. Kind of like a monk. Yeah. Wonderful character. So yeah, we're into the British TV thing still. We're, we're still, we're still British. I did that. Okay. I did that phase 10, 10 probably 10 or 12 years ago, and I've watched pretty much everything out of the British series and absolutely love them better than most of our stuff. Right. But I just now, I'm getting into a lot of shows. I don't have a lot of time to watch, but when I do, I want to binge something. And there was a show that we just watched that was called Obliterated on Netflix. Okay. That was like an old show back in the 90s. It had violence. It had drugs. It had sex. It had everything that made to a really good show, but it was an eight-part uh, eight, eight series. It was awesome, and it all took place in Vegas. So I, I, when I go in there, I'm going to look at the buildings going, oh, shit, this is going to happen. No, no, this is going to happen. <laughs> and it's just going to be hilarious. And I'll probably quote some of the lines when we're, I'm with you uh, when we're somewhere. Okay. But it's a great show, action-packed all the way through. It's unbelievable. All right. Subtle humor is, rather, it is better than stupid humor. Yes. And, and American television is stupid now. Well, yeah. yeah for Jim, yes. So from the news all the way through every other episode of everything else, it's all just stupid. Every once in a while, anyway, I can appreciate like some... what, what are you into now? What are you... Every once in a while, I can appreciate some stupidity. Well, I said I every once in a while, stupidity. I can appreciate stupidity. stupidity. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not against it. I'm just... Yeah. It's got to be good, though. 
I don't disagree. Um, what are you watching? So, so because I've been uh, this this is just just to you know enlighten everybody, including you guys. This is my fifth pulpit in seven days. So uh, um, you've been pounding them out. Yeah, this is short. So realistically, oh, so we were fifth. You ranked us fifth. No, no. This is when you. This is when you. I am offended. I this is when you guys were available to record. <laughs> um, no, it's one of. It's one of those. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I really haven't watched anything new since the last time I did this this uh, Villager report, but uh, um, yeah, I in terms of shows that I have going right now. I've been watching The Americans, which everybody on here has heard about me talk about already. But uh, for you guys, it's a show. It was on FX. I think there's maybe five seasons, but it's about this couple uh, that have they have or a family, I should say. They've got two kids, but the couple, the mom and the dad, uh, they are Russia, Russian um, KGB yeah, sleeper totally. agents. Yeah. And it's right. set in the 80s and the Reagan time and everything. And they're doing their little Russian missions you know, in the United States and, uh, it was a very interesting show. I've finished the first season and I've, I've enjoyed it and I'll, I'll keep going. It's one of those one. Mr. Jonathan gave me some shit about rooting for the Russian, the commie bastards and everything, but it's one of those things. I mean, that's, that's the characters that you're, you're following. So of course you're kind of invested in them. It's like the Sopranos. They're horrible people, but you want them to win because, you know, you're invested in them and everything. But at the same time, they're criminals and they're killing people. With what your dad said about the British shows, I'm still big into British shows. And there's one I'm watching right now on Netflix that's very good called Hold Tight. And it's very interesting about a missing person. I'm not going to go into it and ruin it like your dad did. But it's <laughs> another eight-parter, first season, um, but done very well. There's been a lot of other ones, and it's all about. I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Arlen Coben, the art author. Okay. This is one of his stories. It's kind of like Safe was another one that uh, from the guy from Dexter was on. Okay. And was an amazing show, but all of those British shows bring a little more. I guess it's for what we're used to. It's just different because it makes them so much more interesting. They might be a little slower, but the stories are so much better. Yeah. They don't. There's. There's not things that they don't put things in there that don't need to be there. They just keep the, the train of thought in, a, in a, a, a methodical process of actually what happens that it becomes very, very realistic. And you, you, you actually become part of the show because you're, you feel like you're living with it. Okay. And I think that's, that's the difference between American shows and British shows. The British shows want to bring you into the show. The American shows you want to keep you on the outside and bring you just make you see a higher view than actually being part of a show. Okay. Not saying that one's better than the other. I'm not as opinionated, but I think for different people and the way people like to watch shows are different, just like cigars. People like different things. You're old enough to become opinionated, you know? I am old enough to become opinionated. <laughs> You're not opinionated, so it's going to be a 55. Fuck it. So, be opinionated, damn it. I, I've, got, I've got one year on that, so Gross I'm on. still growing into it. His opinion is he likes that stuff other than the other. Okay. So, but there's a... There's some interesting shows that are out right now that are very good. There's a show that's uh, it's also a British show that I did watch on Netflix. This was a little while back, uh, but it's called I think Afterlife. It's got Ricky Gervais. And yes, uh, yes. have you guys watched yes, that yes. at all? 
You, you brought it up to me when you were here, and I did not get to that yet. It's on my queue. It's I've a seen clips of it. It's a very it. it's happy sack. It's, it's a, happy sack. Yes, right? it's yes. a very dark comedy. So basically, yeah, the concept is heart. it's sad for him. It's like, but then he twists the humor in there, and it, you're doing this emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. So Ricky, he, I, I think Ricky Gervais is a genius. We've talked about comedians in the past. Yeah. I think that guy is freaking brilliant. But uh, uh, yeah. He's a newspaper guy, and he goes in, but he's a small town newspaper guy. So he's going and interviewing the people that have like, I grew up, you know, twenty pound tomato in my garden, and you know, right. like, oh, I got a letter from the queen for my hundredth birthday, you know, and that kind of shit. But at the same time, he's processing the fact that his wife just died of cancer, and all of the mourning and and experiences there. So it it's it's a very dark comedy. But it's it's really interesting. I, I really I like it. Did I ever tell you I got a certificate from the governor of Indiana when I turned sixty five? No. Yeah. Okay. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. You're old now. Yeah, man. It's someplace. That just shows. So, the, yeah, just getting show- a thing from the Queen trumps not Trump, but winning it does is one better. <laughs> I hate you. Um, getting a letter from the Queen is better than a letter. From the governor of Indiana, it just shows but, they're tracking you. The, well, yeah, yeah duh. Yeah, the, that, that's all. Know, everybody shows. knows I'm in town. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the one thing I do like about Netflix compared to regular TV is that the shows are only eight. Se- there's only eight shows per season, but that's also what I hate about them. Yeah, because you get so invested into that that you want them to go longer because some of them are very good. And there's another one that I watched that was called uh, "Fool Me Once," which was really interesting. And you know how you, you start shows and you like you see the progression and how it's going and it doesn't end the way you want it to end. Yeah, this show takes that and throws that away. This is an American show. It actually ends the way it's supposed to end, and you're like, "Holy shit!" An American show did this. It was really the, the ending to me was fantastic. It was not what I was expecting because it was an American show, but was so good that I was just like, "Damn!" I hope they could. Figure out a way of making this another a continuation for series two. Yeah, because it was just so interesting the way they ended it. Sometimes, sometimes shows hang on too long though. And the example I will cite there is um, uh, the the American version of House of Cards versus the British version of House of Cards. The British version ended after three seasons, and it ended at a proper point. The American version. It if it, it it was going on the same track as the British one, and when it got to that third season, they zigged, whereas the British one zagged, and yes. it kept it going because it was a popular show. And look at what yeah. ended up happening. Then you know, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Spacey comes out as a freaking weirdo, and now you know we cut him from the last season. And that last, I haven't even watched the last season. I watched the first episode, and I was like, "This is shit," and I just stopped. And I loved that show up to that point. I like that show too. Yeah. So I, I I agree with you. There there are some shows that have gone way too long. The Wire, The Wire on HBO, another show. Fan What about the, fantastic. That last season, I'm not as into. I know you like this show or someone who used to be on your show like this show. The difference between the British version of The Office and the American version of The Office. Uh Totally. Well, I know that. Totally. Totally different beasts. Yes. Totally different. And the American one should have ended when uh, Steve Carell left. 
it it held on two seasons too long. So then that was my point. Yeah, the British know when to stop a show. We don't. We yeah. just go to capitalize. Well, this is exactly it, man. Yeah. It's, it's it's the money. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, very but, cool. Well, see, it got some Villiger report out of us. My God, you didn't we? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because I really didn't have a whole lot to add with you know, given the fact that I haven't really had a, uh, time to watch much of anything. So, uh, before we uh, kind of wrap up here, I need to talk about my monthly cigars, and it's a premium cigar subscription service where you guys can get a shipment of cigars sent to your door every month. I get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for 30 bucks. You can also get the El Presidente, which is eight cigars, two of everything in the Robusto box, for 50 bucks. And if you use the offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, you get free shipping on your first box. But that's also where you can get some fucking good coffee, if you'd like. Uh, they have the Daily Press, which is the Pulpit Blend and the Lounge Blend and all kinds of other blends over there at My Monthly Cigars. And uh, you can uh, you can get in on that. So head on over there and give it a try. So I don't have the button synced up so oh. so you don't get pinky this time so, <laughs> although now that i think about it i don't have the button synced up so i don't have pinky's fun fact so i'll have to tack that on to the end again but uh that's okay we'll we'll do that i don't you know don't if get you get to get interrupted by pinky not today not today oh yeah no i have a pinky fun fact a barcode they're reading the white bands not the black bands do what now a barcode when you scan a barcode it's reading the white bands not the black bands Oh, not the black line, the white. Oh, interesting. There you go. I know. <laughs> Useless information. He's fantastic for it. I However, know. With that being said. I know. Your future imminent lapel pin collection. Oh, my God. Oh. It increased. It increased. Your inheritance increased today. I bet Boom, it. big boy. I bet it did. I got you, man. Well, yeah, it was a race. Of course he had to get another lapel yeah, pin. right? <laughs> I know how that goes. I'm going to have to count these lapel pins sometime because you got to be over 100 of them. Oh, my gosh. He's putting them on suspenders yeah, so you yeah. can wear them. Yeah. Oh. Just, for your, just for, for, your li- for your listeners' understanding, I've been collecting lapel pins for useless bullshit for years. Companies, events, every time I go to an IndyCar race, lapel pin, Yellowstone Park, lapel pin, all these lapel pins are all in a cigar box, and I'm leaving it to Nick. When I die, he's inheriting my lapel pin collection. It's my flair. He's not as enthused about it as I would have hoped, <laughs> but when he opens that box and it's just those, oh, he'll go, shit. You know what? This is an awful lot of stuff. Thanks, Dad. All right? One day, so, I'm going to yeah, be rocking all, a lapel pin. Like right lapel pin. <laughs> what we're going to start doing is we're going to start sending you one every now and then you're going to have to wear them on the show mm. so that you can don't have the show all at the same time you know i was going to say i'd be branded up like a nascar driver and it might be appropriate given the fact that you know a lot of these are from from not nascar yeah, races a, but you know you'll never get a nascar label <laughs> i know i won't i know i won't <laughs> that's the that's the only thing that made my skin itch walking around daytona speedway yeah nascar area <laughs> But but I will say, hold on a sec. Your dad, your dad caved at the very end as we're walking out. He tell him what you said. I don't remember now. He said, "You know something? I'm an indie fan and I love it, but this place makes indie look what like shit." This speedway, son, is <laughs> really? amazing. No, this speedway is amazing. Every seat has got a seat back and a cup holder. Oh, see now that's well, nice. Okay. No, but here's the difference: the indie sport, indie speedway, indie motor speedway. Holds maximum capacity is four hundred thousand people. 
This is only 168,000. Okay. We have snow and ice. They don't have that shit here. Yeah. But you walk through this 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 plate this speedway. My God, televisions everywhere, restaurants everywhere. The bathrooms are clean. Every seat is a plastic seat with a back. I mean, it's really nice. Hmm. Fun fact. It's just a raw. It's just sadly wasted on NASCAR. <laughs> like, get, it to Indi- get it to Indianapolis, damn it, Roger Penske, take notes. You know, and he was here. He was hugging. Seatbacks would be really he was nice. The winners, but huh? Seatbacks would be very nice. Wouldn't it though? Be so no, nice. Not all the seats. Some seats have them there, but not all. Of them. Yeah, it didn't. You know, we've got the metal bar seat back. It's like, well, that's comfortable after done. Do we? Twenty minutes. We have Yeah, we got a metal bar seat back. Yeah. Yeah. In all, in in both sets of seats. Because we do the race, we do. I don't believe we have them for the Grand Prix. I was gonna say, I'm like, I I feel like there's at least one race. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got them for yeah. We got them for Tower Terrace because Tower Terrace along the pit row where we sit, those those little metal seat backs. That's right. That's right. Because I always kind of have my knees kind of in the one in front of me. That's right. These are like individual. Individual plastic seats you sit down here. Park and you actually over. have leg room too, which is nice. Nice. Oh, so, that's yeah, I am monstrously impressed with the facility. Underlying facility, <laughs> not underlying. Actually, I will say Indy uh is doing something really cool. I've been getting ads for it on Facebook. Uh, so this year for people that are into the space stuff, there's gonna be another total uh uh eclipse. Um, yes. And Indy yep. is opening up the speedway to come right. and watch Working the eclipse. in conjunction with NASA. Really? They're one of the view. They're one. Of, yeah, that's a big. No, that's a big deal. Well, is they're it in the path in of totality? With, yeah, they're on the path. We are dead center. Okay. Yeah. Hotels are sold out. Oh. Good luck finding a hotel for next April seventh. Okay. This April. Huh? This or this April? Yeah, 7th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, NASA's got astronauts going to astronomers and shit, and Purdue University's got people and. No, this is a big, big Dude. deal. You can go to the go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and watch the sun disappear as long as it's not cloudy that day. Yes. Yeah. Now they're already saying, well, even if it is cloudy, you can still feel right. sun. No, yeah. you can't. So yeah, I, we're dead center on this freaking thing, and it's a big deal. No, this is a big deal because NASA only selected certain locations, and Indianapolis Motor Speedway, from what I gather is dead center on this thing. So that's going to be a big deal in town. So seven, seven years ago in 2017, when the, when the eclipse happened. Yeah. We, yeah. we were in, in Fort Lauderdale getting ready to go on a cruise when that one went over. Yeah. Carbondale was in the path of totality. Yeah, right. In the, in the stadium. There. In yeah. fact, yeah. they had a concert with Ozzy Osbourne. They did a uh, bark at the moon concert with Ozzy Osbourne in Carbondale, Illinois, of all places. That's for the, the epicenter of Merck. I mean, I guess, but Hello. but it's it, it's yeah. also in the path again this year, and right? so did it. Well, yeah. kind of to the side, yeah, slightly, yeah. slightly, was, but yeah, still. Very I was in close. Greenville, South Carolina, for uh, the last 2017, and it was we were right on the path as well. Yeah, and that was pretty impressive to see. Mm-hmm. I had my eclipse glasses. Yep, I did. I mine fell off as I was looking at it, and that did not help my eyesight. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm actually looking. I'm actually looking at buying a uh, solar filter. For my camera. Oh, to take so the I, yeah, so I can see. He's if turned I, into a little Japanese person taking freaking photos. <laughs> oh no, that's sad. You went there, didn't you? <laughs> you know, I'm probably I'm probably going home. No exaggeration. I burned up three SD card. 
Yeah, I mean, 1,800, 2,000 photos maybe. Oh, I know he likes taking his race photos. Oh, the night the night shots are great. The yeah. night shots are beautiful. And I got the fireworks at 10 p.m. in the last year. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures going to be shared out. Now, I will select maybe 10 and put on my Instagram for all of my followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, you know Te- I know Teddy follows you. Shout out to Teddy. Yeah, I love Teddy. Oh, by the way, by the way, before, oh. we, before we move on. Uh-oh. Before we move on. Pick a friggin' date for Pulpit Fest. Pulpit Fest. Get the damn date out. But it cannot be September 20th through the 22nd. Cannot be that weekend because the, that's the IMSA race at Indianapolis. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So, so priorities. So what? pick a Pulpit Fest date. Get that damn date out there. And, uh, Teddy, get it on your calendar, Teddy. You're going to be there. I've got this chucklehead planning. He's got to be there. I've got to know. I may even make it. See, and if you start marketing this thing and people can put it on their calendars, we'll make it worth their while. See, I originally was, I, I kind of had tentatively already set out the 20, 20, 20th through 22nd. bring them all to the race in Indy. But uh, uh, you make a valid, and all I'll be honest. in Indianapolis at the Speedway. And I'll be honest, I'm, get, I'm getting a lot of pressure on that date because so october 5th so two weeks after that weekend right is the kentucky barn smoker in uh for the drew estate kentucky barn smoker and i feel like that's right. really really close oh, that's right barn smoker yeah there's some people that i know are interested in the barn smoker and i'm like i don't know i don't know if they're gonna make it to both so you know which one are they gonna pick and you know this is me and my hey, they will pit pulpit fest. See, this is me and my insecurity. Pulpit. I'm sitting back saying, like, they're going to go with that. Why don't you do pulpit fest in Kentucky this year and have everyone join together? Oh, uh, because I feel like that's going to get complicated. You'd have to rename it. It would be like pulpit fest. I'd have to be like pulpit fest. Drew <laughs> 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 Estate, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody so with anyway, their yeah, get a date, glow sticks out. and their pacifiers out there dancing. Out there. Get, the, get the date on the – let everybody, everybody this year, all your listeners, we love you guys. Get the damn pulpit fest on your calendar and be there because it's going to be a. We're going to look forward to meeting you all. It'll be fun. <sighs> August can get awful warm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, that's that's my only thing. Start and, pondering on that. Yeah, because then October yeah. October gets sketchy with yeah, weather. October is questionable. The week the weekend before the wait, whatever do the math the thirteenth. The weekend before the twentieth, yeah, huh? I, I I I can't that that weekend. Okay, never mind. The weekend before that, it would Labor be. Day. It, well, I would say Labor Day weekend would maybe. I don't know if well, that's, nobody, nobody's doing anything on Labor Day. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, yeah, I don't think I'll do I don't think Labor Day weekend is a All good right. one. We'll, um, we'll figure out. Yeah, we may have to figure this out. When is the race in St. Louis in August? That's August. Yeah, is that the twenty fourth? Oh, you're asking me a day? That's my well, birthday I, weekend, August 25th. That would be my birthday. That would be a great. That would be a great gift. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Your birthday is not a fucking national holiday. Right? I feel like August 24th would settle in right around the time of that race in uh, St. Louis there, because that would be an option. Otherwise, we'd be pushing to like August 9th, 10th, and 11th. Or pick some time in August and let them experience the heat. Well, I mean, you're de- to St. Louis. if you're going to be coming to St. Louis in August, you're going to experience the humidity and the heat. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. But, uh, eh, whatever. Looking what? up the IndyCar thing for St. Louis. 
We'll, 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 we'll talk this through. We'll figure this out. No, we'll, but, uh, we'll get this thing hammered down. All right. Well, guys, for those of you who went ahead and penciled in September 20th through the 22nd, I think this is finally me, me making my decision that it's not going to be that weekend. So, well, hold off on those dates. I also had Mr. Jonathan bugging the hell out of me about coming to that New England Cigar Festival. And he needs to be at that. August, that August 17th is the race over in Ooh, St. Louis. the 17th. Okay. Ooh, that's a Saturday. Remember, it's going back to Saturday night. Yes. Oh, and that's going to yeah. be so much better than that daytime right. race. Oh, my God. I think Mr. Jonathan should show up and be a guest speaker. Boy, you know, August 23rd through the 25th is looking kind of attractive. Boy, that sounds like a good weekend to me. I can't think of any reason why not. I mean, other than the fact that it'll be 106 and sweaty as shit, but, you know. Such yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. I got to find a facility or something. I mean, I know of one outdoor. We'll work on that with you. I know an outdoor facility, but I need to he find it. He used to do that shit. He can help. It's the cigars that pose the issue. You can get a tent out in the parking lot of any hotel. Oh, that's true. Okay. All right. So well, guys. Outside, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. Quick <laughs> sitting outside last night, had a cigar after the race before I went back down to the track. And I'm sitting out there enjoying myself. And there were a bunch of little kids, you know, like little sports, I don't know, four and five years old. And there's maybe half a dozen of them. And they're like jumping in the pool, getting out, jumping in the pool, getting out. And I'm about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet away. Just kind of listening to the giggling and the bullshit. Yeah, and they started playing Mark, and they started playing Marco Polo. <laughs> but wait, it gets better. They changed games. They started playing toilet. Toilet? Oh no! And the little boy goes, "I'm poop," and he jumped in. And a little girl goes, "I'm poop," and she jumps in. And they were playing toilet. They're each little poops, and they're jumping into the water. <laughs> and I thought that's pretty good. Were they floating or were they sinking? Oh, I wasn't watching. Because that depends on the amount of because they got out again. That depends on they the played, amount of fat that you consume toilet. today. And I thought, <laughs> you know, that's our future. I mean, right? It, it is. <laughs> I you know, that was great. Though. Little little kids are creative. I'm, let's play toilet. I'm poop. I'm poop. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh my god! Sure, your parents are proud. Oh, all right. Well, final thoughts on your part, I guess, guys. I love this damn cigar, and I am very, very thrilled to have it again. This is the second time I've ever had this thing, and I am thoroughly enjoying it. I asked for a little more, but it is Ash and Ale, so who cares? Um, <laughs> I like this thing. Leave it to your dad. Well, you know. Ken's a good right. host. He'll sweep up. Well, somebody will. Someone asked him. <laughs> Dustin left. Yeah. As, as, as of this, after I leave here... I'm not back for over a week because I'm in Vegas all next week. So. I was going to say, so real quick, before we depart, um, I know he kind of touched on it, but what, what are, you know, you and I are going to be hanging out at TPE. I know this comes out technically afterwards, but you know, whatever, screw him. Um, what are you, what are you looking forward to with the show? This is your first time going to TPE, correct? This, yeah, this is a very much an exploratory show. I'm really looking forward to seeing the the differences between PCA, which I went to for the first time last year, and TPE this year. But I'm also looking forward to seeing the behind – I guess we're blue. Cigars are blue and everything else is red. No, we're red and everybody else is blue. But, okay. it, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking – I'm interested to see the other side because, it, to me, that world is just so interesting. Oh, dude. There's so much wacky shit on that other side. I think uh, Tommy Chong's going to be uh, at the uh, show. 
Fun fact, Brad Pitt was at the races with us. Oh, my God. He was God. filming a movie. Oh, my God. He says hi. He oh. sends his best. He sends his best. Oh, well, shit. Okay. I hear he doesn't yeah. wear deodorant. I didn't know he knew you, but apparently he's a fan. Your dad got a tattoo of him on his shoulder. On my ass. Oh, okay. I hear he doesn't <laughs> wear deodorant. I've heard, gonna... that. I've heard that. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway. Quick, quick, quick anecdote. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. <laughs> He's producing this movie, apparently. And this guy's like some famous Hollywood producer. Oh, yeah. Bruckheimer's done a lot of shit. He did the John Story Your Engine thing. They announced him. Jerry Bruckheimer, blah, 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 blah. Is going to say the most famous four words in racing. racing. Start your engines. He literally sounded just like that. That was it. Start your engine. (sighs) And he turned around and walked away. He forgot the word gentleman. It's like, that's Part not four words, you idiot. Start <laughs> your engines. He it needed. Not exactly a motivating comment. He needed a shit ton of explosions to be going off in order for him yeah, to feel exactly. motivated. Jerry Brook. And, and then he got into the pace car and took, led the whole opening two laps. Start your engines. Four oh words, my. Please. <laughs> Start your engines, please. Please. <laughs> now, <something>. Guys. <laughs> 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 Can't even do forward. Uh, this guy's making a movie. Yeah, fucking that's why he's behind the scenes. I tried telling your dad that at the at the race. He's behind the scenes. He's not in front of the camera. No, no. You you know his movies. I mean, and basically anything yeah. that has massive explosions. I mean, you you've he with probably has something to do about, with it. You know, with with what we've just talked about, how how your dad loves NASA and space stuff. Uh huh. He likes your show better because he just literally missed a rocket launch three minutes ago. Oh, well, shit. All right. They were they were launching more Starlink satellites, which you know that I. Yeah, like you track those. Yeah. Yeah. They just they just launched more Starlinks at 615. Oh, well, shit. And he said, well, go out the back door. You can see it. It's like, nah. I'm on air. Well, I'm well crap. We could have. We could, You should have said something. We could have cut this. Yeah, show. I love you so much. <laughs> I passed over watching a Starlink rocket go up. Oh well, it probably it probably exploded. Oh, shut and probably like shit everywhere. And I don't know until after we're done. You'll go out to the yeah. car, and the car's just a flaming right? fire. Yeah, and be like, oh well, crap. And he didn't buy the insurance on the rental car. All these little orphans are all <laughs> dead because it all came down and landed on an orphanage. In all fairness, in all fairness, everybody's gone. Doesn't worry. That's all right. They're not parents. Nobody cares. I but did. It's just sad. Yeah. He's, he's trying to say something. I was just going to say, in all fairness, I, I only did the liability on my rental car. Did you get to see a rocket launch when you were here? No. I was going to, and they had to push it back a couple hours. That's, and so I, I would have been. remember, that's right. I'd have been sitting on the beach for like three hours at that point. And that's I right. kind of called it. Everybody in their lifetime needs to see a rocket launch. Oh, I'd like to see one. It's awe inspiring. It's amazingly cool. It really is. So, all oh, right. Neat. Well, guys, what thank you, you so got? much for your time. This was been great. You want to talk about churches and and, and, and taxes? Next, we'll do that next, next time. time you're on. You've teased yeah. that a couple of times. Tur- churches yeah, and taxes. Him, he goes, oh, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> I wouldn't be part of that conversation. <laughs> well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Ken. I'm Dad. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Stay smoky, guys.